0: So, 258 consecutive weeks of this show.
1: Yeah. The only people who have consecutive that much of anything is, I don't know, typically alcoholics, like, consecutive days of just being hammered drunk.
0: I don't know if it's 258 weeks worth. That's a hell of a fucking bender.
1: Hey, you know, sometimes (laughs) you just got to know how to, you know, sacrifice. (laughs) You'll be fine.
0: I guess um, Yeah, I don't,
1: I'm not I'm not saying it's the right way to think about life I'm just saying that's how it is <laughs> what
0: was it that the kiss the goat folks always just say we're not we here at kiss the goat are not saying that we recommend and or endorse alcoholism paganism blah 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 and they would list a long list of like all these things that sound kind <laughs> yeah. of fun and then they go then, but they've always worked for us
1: <laughs> yeah but they've always worked, worked for, for us, us. <laughs>
0: uh cinema psyop stealing other people's shit for six years for six six years running now 258 consecutive weeks of
1: theft outright theft too not even like cheeky theft it's like fucking right in your face i'm gonna take this now bye
0: it's the vanilla ice of podcasting. cinema it really, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'd say the Millie Vanilli, but then we'd just be moving our lips and, you know, not really actually doing anything. So
0: basically, like you before I stop doing reviews.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, uh we are like Millie Vanilli because we both move our lips, but really, we don't do much with it.
0: I'm not going to touch that one. I'm just going to start yeah. the fucking show. <laughs> The following show will destroy your self worth with excessive
2: expletives, overtly descriptive sexual deviance, and more desperation for external validation than any so called entertainment should ever be allowed. Two talentless losers who are about as insightful and provocative as a comatose jellyfish, cinema psyops.
3: A tendency to deprave and corrupt those whose minds are open to such immoral influences and to whose hands a publication of this sort may fall. So if someone of a dirty bird gets hold of your stuff and it makes them a dirtier bird, then it's labeled obscene.
2: Encouraging the lowest, most base, and animalistic of desires to all who will listen. Because we, as a society, have decided that a cinema psyops represents our
4: base and vulgar impulses, and that acknowledging our use of it rattles our collective conscience.
5: I was trying my best to make a positive impact in the lives of others, but secretly I was involved in a relationship that was taking over my life. Cinema Psyops. It was leaving me wounded and depressed, unable to even manage the relationships that mattered to me. Auditory vermin infesting every aspect of the human
2: condition, spreading their filth and foul disease. The Black Plague of Podcasting. Cinema Psyops were caught and Matt.
0: 258 episodes of Cinema PsyOps I have no idea why all of a sudden my voice just went full on hot rod
1: baby but super excited about my full on hot rod is Matt wait what am I excited about again my full on hot rod (laughs) no 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 one's excited about that
0: (laughs) oh I beg to differ Matt the world finds me a sexy sexy beast
1: let's be careful on that one alright big shoots (laughs) <laughs> uh, the world has been the world's been shut in for a while so uh, <laughs> i don't know how that's gonna help you
0: well i've been shut in with my best gal for quite a while although she keeps insisting on going out more and more functions and basically trying to bring home whatever covid she possibly can like that's her main goal
1: well you know sometimes people have to do shit how are you actually gonna catch it because she will bring it home to me that's how it's gonna work well, see, th- here's the first thing you got to do. You, you just you got to put a tracker on her. And then, like, when she gets into a car, make it so that car can't start anymore. You know the science. You can make that happen.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm going to abandon my wife everywhere because she can't not go places. No, no, she can't even
1: people. leave the house that way. Like, any car she gets in to leave the house, it just breaks down.
0: <laughs> then she'll just pay somebody to fix it. This plot is deeply, deeply flawed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's going to cost you a lot of money. All right, forget about that. Don't do that. That's going to cost you some serious cash. <laughs> I know. Well, then t- tell her not to go nowhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've tried. That has not really worked at all. Really? Yeah. Jeez, man. Yeah. She
1: won't listen to you, huh?
0: Um. Doesn't feel like I'm being rational with my request to stop doing all of these activities. Feels it's worth the risk
1: i don't know man we're getting kind of heavy into your relationship now i'm just gonna i'm, I'm just i'm i'm, I'm I, I how do we get out of this <laughs> so julie strain's back on the show yeah. <laughs> who needs a segue when you got julie strain right <laughs> oh man that was so good good one that was a good one sir
0: <laughs> yeah this is the first of the two movies so this week's movie and next week's movie are andy sedaris produced yet his son directed and i think sedaris wrote it or co-wrote it with his son as well so these are all these are all is it chris sedaris i think or christopher sedaris i don't remember how he's credited directed enemy gold and then whatever next week's movie is yeah uh, which i think is the dallas connection and then our 260th episode, which closes out year five. That's in two weeks from t- this week or this release. And that actually means a theme song change.
1: What oh, a theme song change and we'll be done with Sedaris films. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, the
0: last time you're going to hear the year five theme is going to be episode 260.
1: Oh, nice. And so, then
0: we'll have a new one for 261, which starts our sixth year. Yeah. And I'm working... Jesus feverishly behind the scenes to try and get that done. I've actually uh, roped in a musician to help me out. Uh, oh, nice. Lay down some drum tracks and stuff. And then I'm being pretty ballsy trying to write and perform all of the music stuff myself, electronically speaking, because I'm using my MIDI guitar. Uh, my regular guitar equipment is old and fucked and noisy, and I can't get a good, clean-sounding recording with what I have to my satisfaction in time. So I'm just going back to my good old-fashioned U-Rock MIDI guitar that I bought. Kind of on a lark is sort of a thing that I wanted to try out, and the more I use it, the more I start liking it. Really? Yeah, I have a lot of tendencies where I do various uh, like bending of strings and things like that that you can't do on that MIDI guitar because it's more like a keyboard for where you're holding your fingers for the frets for playing chords and things like that, and then when you actually pluck the string on the other side, that's more like an actual string. And so, like, all the gimmicks and weird guitar technique trick things that I always catch myself trying to do on a MIDI guitar. It's like pushing your finger onto a keyboard and then rocking your finger back and forth expecting that key to make a sustained noise and then it doesn't because it's just a key on the keyboard. It's okay. <laughs> it's literally the same thing. Like I can't get the same sustained tricks that I used to get by you know doing tremolos or various other cheats that I normally would with this guitar, but it's still kind of fun.
1: Still fun time.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping to have that done in time. Uh, I got another couple of weeks and usually the wife is has got three or four different freaking social engagements she's got to go out to do. So in the time that I have left that I'm alive and not on a ventilator until it gets brought home to me, that's <laughs> that's what I'm doing is I'm working on that music. <laughs>
1: God damn, man, uh, you uh. <laughs>
0: You said you liked nihilistic court, but nihilistic court who just sits here and talks very frankly about the fact that his wife is more than likely going to cause his death and it makes you uncomfortable.
1: But I, You know, I, I like nihilistic court. I swear I do. I just maybe not about the relationship part. Uh, can I get nihilistic court about the police again? That's always fun. <laughs> oh so i can't apply that to
0: every aspect of my life
1: no no not to every we can't have that just to like uh the the funny shit
0: <laughs> so basically i have to adjust my life to make you happy
1: yeah yes now we're starting to get it
0: yeah i'm not married to you so that's not gonna happen
1: hurtful but understandable <laughs> <laughs> So we
0: sort of started talking about Enemy Gold, and then we got all sidetracked and distracted again, which makes yes. me wonder what our
1: review is going to be like. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> I this, guess we'll uh, see. This is a rough one to watch.
0: <laughs> there were certain aspects of the film that I rather enjoyed. I'm uh, sure. they are the aspects of the film that I've enjoyed the entirety of this entire series. Yes. I'm really happy that we got all of the movies in on Blu-ray for review. So now all of the versions that you have are now going to be high def as well that you'll be able to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be able to see them in that form now, if you realize where you can find that.
1: Okay, yeah, uh, on the Google Drive there.
0: Uh, yes, might as well just admit it. I rip my Blu-rays and then upload the ripped file to you. Sometimes yeah. you keep them afterwards, sometimes you don't. Sometimes, and sometimes some- they're uploaded on a thumb drive, and I have no clue what's on there because I haven't seen that thumb drive in months. <laughs>
1: no reason why, why do you need to know things why don't you just settle down let's get with the review People well, we don't want to hear this banter this this pablum we got year
0: six coming up and some of the stuff that's loaded on that thumb drive is supposed to be for year six but i have no clue what's on there anymore
1: oh really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i have to tell you yeah, we'll have to we'll have to
0: figure it out because I, I hope know go
1: back through it. I because because I haven't looked at the thumb drive for like the last few weeks now.
0: Right, that's <laughs> why I'm bringing it up now because I need you to find it because I know you. Oh, I have it. It's right shoe. here.
1: I'm I'm staring right at it. I just mean I haven't looked at what's on it recently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh it's right here it's just you know <laughs>
0: it exists unlike the fucking recorder that you lost and refused to pay me for
1: well i would pay you but now cash is old covid so we don't want to do that to you
0: <laughs> yeah that's your fucking excuse just like you can't release your tax returns because they're still under review and they're still being audited
1: hey if it's a good enough excuse for our president it's a good enough excuse for me <laughs> I'm sorry
0: that I'd expect to hold you to a higher standard than Donald fucking Trump.
1: <laughs> it's true. Actually, all my all my taxes are done. It's it's very it's pretty straightforward. I don't own anything, so uh, you know, income goes in. <laughs> yeah. Bartender takes income. End yes, of story. Pretty much that, or you know, video games take some. You know, it's a lot of different things. <laughs> income comes in wife takes checkbook income goes out
0: <laughs> <laughs> now we're digging in too deep onto your relationship yeah, and what's going on in right? your life
1: yeah. <laughs> actually I'm probably worse with money than she is but fuck it <laughs> uh the financial workings
0: of the losers behind cinema psyops ladies and gentlemen this is your new (laughs) podcast for year six we're no longer doing movie reviews we're just gonna bitch about the patheticness of our lives
1: we're just gonna make you all feel really better about your financial situations (laughs) or somewhat worse because
0: imagine there's got to be somebody out there that's worse off than us
1: yeah probably there's got to be somebody (laughs) i mean not many but a few Well, for the folks that
0: are definitely worse off than us, I definitely have a promo that I've got to play that can help them. And if you are better off than us, you can donate to said thing that promo will be talking about so that you can help out your fellow man and stop being a douche.
1: Yeah. Stop being just a
0: rancid douche. And then we will have some music that is going to be with that retro wave stuff that I've been really into lately. Not just because I found a place that has cool stuff that is royalty free either. Although that's primarily what it is.
1: Yeah. I I was going to say, whenever you do that, cup your voice over the thing, like it's supposed to be a secret typically means that that's what that means.
6: And when we come back, we will have the trailer for enemy gold. This is Bo from legionpodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time, and when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand-scale take-a-penny-leave-a-penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar. For those who are directly affected by recent events, and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at legionpodcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping In. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Get your fucking spandex on. Let's do some fucking aerobics to that shit. Yeah. Or or not. You know. Let's or let's whatever. not do
1: any of that. No, no spandex for us? Cause you know, that seems a bit off putting. The only
0: oh. spandex that you're allowed to wear is the spanks that your wife bought for
1: you. Ah, man, they're so form fitting. Help me look skinny in a t-shirt because it's gotten that bad
0: <laughs> i mean shit man i still got some of that stuff those body smoothers and shapers for just that right line in the outfit i mean guys can wear those things too
1: right right who hasn't heard of a girdle for a man
0: right i mean right. most people call them back braces but i
1: know what they are we all know what they are there's no use in lying yeah it's not about your back
3: support just like yeah. this trailer enemy go! armed with bullets bombs, and brawn. Chris. Bingo. Federal agents attack an international smuggling operation. Agents Chris Cannon, Mark Austin, and Becky Midnight are reprimanded for playing by their own rules. I'm
7: here to find out why you're busting the chops of your fellow agents.
3: They have a real problem with authority, and it seems you do as well.
7: What a first day on temporary
3: suspension. From the international power base of Washington, D.C., back roads and bayous of Texas, enemy gold is a canvas of dames, danger, and dynamite. On forced leave, the agents seek refuge in the woods nearby, traveling to the site of a Civil War battlefield.
8: There are these three agents who have disrupted my business. I don't want to be bothered by them
3: ever again. They won't be a problem for you any
7: longer. It's like nothing bad could ever happen to you out here. It's nice to get
3: away. During a savage battle near the Texas border, a fortune in gold is buried by Confederate soldiers.
8: Hmm. One gold. So the blood thickens.
3: We can hunt them down like small animals.
7: And no one will be able to hear their cries of pain and despair.
3: This is gonna be fun. The climactic assault terminates when the good guys get the gold and the bad guys get the sham. Enemy gold, starring Bruce Penhall, Mark Barrier, Rodrigo Obregon, Susie Simpson, Tay Collins, and Penthouse Pet of the Year, Julie Strain.
1: Yeah, Julie Strain.
0: In case you are wondering what that trailer had to do with back support issues. Yeah. I mean, the ladies starring in this film probably all could use some back support.
1: They probably all need a, a fucking back brace. You know, got to live, live for real.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're going to need like some serious, serious support.
1: Yeah, right? I feel uh,
0: all of their back trauma right now yes, just watching the
1: movie I did. I'm sure that's what you're feeling. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> all right. Enemy gold. We start out with what appears to be like a civil war reenactment, or as Republicans call it, fake news. Um, yeah, because the it-
0: Republicans want the South to have won at this point.
1: Yes, of course. And then we see it's not actually a reenactment. This is actually the past. And we see some confederate shithead stole some gold and chose to bury it.
0: Let's be perfectly clear and honest. They filmed a Civil War reenactment, then grabbed two folks that were dressed as close as you can get to period specific for a Civil War reenactment on the fucking south side.
1: And then asked them to 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 do this
0: To do this little bit in the movie. Or more than likely, maybe he traded where these guys will act in the movie and then they will get their civil war reenactment stuff filmed and they'll get some footage of it to show off for like sizzle reel or something. Yeah. I mean, it's a great trade off. However, it's very clearly civil war reenactment because some of the folks in the way that they're walking around, you can see anachronistic, pieces uh for watches and various other things that the guys are still wearing they're not as extremely like insanely accurate as some of the folks that do these types of war reenactments are
1: they yeah they 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 weren't really looking out for that sort of thing in the movie either
0: no no i mean this is an andy sedaris film clearly he gives zero fucks about it i'm more kind of concerned about how accurate your reenactment is yeah right (laughs) 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 like if you're trying to do a reenactment and you want to be historically accurate go the whole 10
1: yeah exactly and then we see some shit stain Federate, he's writing his diary then we come to the present day and the lady is kind of driving up to an office building it seems she walks in and she's jumped by some dudes and this leads to our first clip hold it
5: right there little lady
7: well
4: damn it's you who
5: is you
7: English major.
4: <laughs> Becky. Becky Midnight.
7: So, Chris Cannon, I never thought I'd see you again.
4: Chris, you know this lady? Know her? Hell, I trained her in the academy in Virginia four years ago. By the looks of it, I did a pretty good job. Becky Midnight, Mark Austin.
7: It's a pleasure. Didn't Chris ever tell you about me? I, uh, thought we were an item.
4: Chris, maybe I should leave you to. No, a- No, no, look, that's enough reminiscing, all right? We've got business to take care of.
7: In your last report to headquarters, you said that things were getting pretty hot down here. The agency said they'd send you in some backup.
4: Yes, but I didn't know who or when.
7: Well, I guess you know now.
4: All right, as long as you're here, Mark and I were just about to go on a very important bust. Do you have your stuff?
7: Give me a couple of minutes and I'll be dressed to kill.
4: Chris! Who the hell is she? Just an old friend. A terrific lady. She's obviously one hell of an agent. Speak in the microphone. Did she just plant that on me? Nice work, Becky.
1: Okay. All right. So we meet all our crew. We see the actor who played Bruce in the old, in the other films is back, but he, he's Chris now. So he's not Bruce. And we see,
0: yeah, the- they changed a few things around. Like, uh, the person that's now in charge seems like, uh, it's supposed to be Donna, but it's not Donna, but it looks an no awful Abilene. lot like Donna Spears. Yes. This is the first Abilene Less film, which makes it third to fit to kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh so anyway, um she then goes into the room of course and she changes and we see boobs, so thanks movie.
0: Ah, uh, can we just talk about this for this quick second?
1: Please. <laughs> Good lord. She seems
0: unnatural. Like she is so no, no shit well put together everything about her body seems like it was molded somewhere you know what i mean like she's just almost too perfect and i don't think that's surgery or at least i couldn't tell
1: well it's probably part and part i mean there may be some surgery involved and some genetics and she might just work really hard at watching her diet and you know exercise and all that kind of stuff
0: like when i'm looking at her while she's changing while this scene is happening for like the briefest of moment i didn't even think she was a real person like she just looked like a like a sculpture to me
1: you're like what 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 is all this about (laughs) what is happening
0: like it was almost uncanny valley like she's clearly a human being but she looked so smooth and like everything was like her skin was so practically flawless that it was a point where I'm looking at her and I'm thinking like uncanny valley CGI thing where it's like it doesn't quite look human and there's something just off about it
1: you know what I mean but you know it's not because they can't afford that shit right and then I realized
0: I was just having an acid flashback and I should probably dig out the old Thorazine
1: yeah right (laughs) ah you're fine everything's gonna be healthy and then as they start to you know uh, arm up for this busted they're going to do they give becky a, a crossbow with exploding arrows you know that's like with a like three seconds later uh, the arrows will explode after they fire
0: why do so, all the women get handed a less looking lethal type device like they always get a crossbow or something similar to a crossbow but then there's always something explosive about it
1: um you know, I would probably say it's they're trying to make the women the center front of the movie, of course. So they get, you know, it's more interesting looking than just a handgun or a machine gun. You know, it has a distinct look. So you give it to the females in the movie because you want them to be, of course, the front runners of the movie.
0: Is it that or is it kind of like sexism where they're like, here, you can't hit anything for shit. So at least these tips will explode
9: for you.
1: But you can't really say that because, like, remember in the past movies, all the female agents always shot straight. And all that, while all the male agents, well, at least Abilene's, sucked ass at it.
0: Right. But then the Abilene's are always, always getting in the way of the women and trying to take the shots first until they realize they suck. So
1: yeah, but then you see, it's not sexist because the, the women still are the better ones and it's shown.
0: Right. So this guy now, is not would be, Bruce would be, either. So yeah. I, I'm kind of wondering if he has the same dubious Abilene-esque methods that we've seen like him in like a fucking... Eric Estrada's characters, the way that they treated women. Like, I'm just kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm just looking for something to, I think you're, to dislike I think you're looking for.
1: for a little sexism right now, but it's not really there.
0: You know why I'm looking for it? Because I feel so guilty about all of those thoughts that I had about watching that woman change and thinking that she looked unnaturally too good. Like, there was <laughs> yeah, something yeah. not right about how amazing she looked.
1: Yeah, At- yeah, it was there was something off about her, you know, uh, working very hard to look that way. Right,
0: They're just my brain wasn't able to process that. So the minute that the men start popping back up on screen, I have to find something in my brain to feel less like a sexist pig for to, judging you have to a push woman's off body. The
1: sexist, the sexist pig stuff on somebody else.
0: Right, like I, I have to project my feelings of guilt that I'm having at that precise moment. When I realized that maybe I was guilty of the same shit this movie's doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you always have to figure that kind of stuff out for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like,
0: watching these kinds of movies should not be giving me these existential crisis of my own mental
1: thoughts. (laughs) But that's what we do here at Psyops.
0: Well, yeah, if I didn't over-fucking-think everything, I wouldn't be. I just wouldn't exist.
1: There wouldn't be this show.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We wouldn't have anything to talk about these movies other than you see those boobs? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome.
1: Great. Anyway, all right. Great show, everyone. Bye. (laughs) Boobs. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Mm. Then we cut to some hillbillies are all fighting one another and practicing fighting. And we see the agents are sneaking up. So must these must be the guys are going to bust. Well, um, Becky decides she's going to try to infiltrate the campgrounds and also cause, uh, um, you know, a distraction by seducing some of the guys sitting there. Uh, the two male agents. Now that is sexist. So there you go. So then, the two male agents go around search the premises and find a lot of cocaine. Um, then we get a shootout during the bust, and um, one of the guys are the two uh, two of the guys are shot dead, and the other two are going to escape. But Becky uses her explosive arrows, and they have to give up because they almost get blown to pieces. Hey, quick question for you here.
0: Yeah, the whole wrestling sequence of the guys just being all rednecky and flipping yeah. around and kind of dumb and talking shit and being all massive douchebags to each other, and then like they force the other guy to go get them water or some shit, or they they decide they're gonna go off and they try to get all like toxic masculinity on the other two dudes that are like their underlings, and then the underlings are all like cousins, so like they start talking all sorts of shit, and then when the chick shows up like shouldn't they have at least been somewhat smart enough to realize that she actually wasn't into them like at all like shouldn't they have some kind of bullshit detector radar or are all men just that fucking dumb when it comes to hot women being around them
1: Uh, you know what that's not a bad idea all men might be that dumb but these four are especially stupid and you kind of see that throughout the movie how fucking dumb they are
0: okay so they're a special kind of pronoid dickwad that would actually think that someone like her would be possibly interested in Them.
1: Exactly. Because
0: she comes hitting on me, and I'm like, all right, what the fuck do you want? Like, yeah, my first response like, is like, no, something's up uh, here. Back off. On
1: one of us is going to wake up without a kidney, you know? <laughs> right and i mean it might be worth it maybe i mean depending on where you get just don't leave your drink alone or unattended
0: yeah but this whole entire sequence where they go to do the raiding and everything and the lady just acts as like a distraction and then they do all the the raid bit and then she uses the exploding arrows just to show you just how you know deadly they can actually be all of this just felt kind of i don't know like we just came off of fit to kill it feels like they should have done something a little bit more with this picture and i'm just going to chalk it up to maybe you know you know, the young Sedaris, the son, doesn't really know how to direct as well. Not that his dad was all that great of a fucking director to begin with, with his movies. But like, I mean, this is definitely a step down from what we just had last week.
1: I agree. Yeah. I mean, it already is. You can just tell even not that the acting was the best strong suit of any of these movies, but even that has taken a large hit.
0: Right. Well, we've lost a lot of the really charismatic somewhat actors. I mean, I don't I mean, like they're actors and actresses, but we've lost all of the charismatic people that we've had before. We've we've, we've lost Donna Spears, who really carried a lot of the films before. We've lost Roberta Vasquez, who was in a significant upgrade from the character of Taryn because like her character did more and was more of a like a brunette counterpart of what Donna did. We lost our precious Edie that we both are super crushing and in love with. So we basically are starting over again almost from the beginning. Like this is like a brand new set of people that are in this crew. When we've had so many movies before this where we've had the same crew coming back on variations of the theme and trying to work on it and do something different, and you really feel it. And like it's this this sequence where that dawns on me and I'm like, oh boy, what's going to be the rest of the film? How are we going to come back from this feeling that I have right now?
1: Yeah, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I don't know if that's necessarily true, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. So move on.
1: Yeah. All right. So then some suits drive up and that is our next clip. Just what in the hell is going on here? This place looks like a war zone. Look, we're just trying to do our job.
2: There's nothing in the agency's regulations that says you can walk onto private property without a warrant and reenact Desert Storm. You're not supposed to make a move unless you check with me first. We take our orders directly from Washington Command.
4: We take our orders from Special Agent Noble.
2: I should have known the famous Agent Noble was behind this. You can bet that's going to go into my report. What's the official body count? Two dead. By the way, Just who in the hell are you?
7: Special Agent Becky Midnight from the Washington Division, sir.
2: Well, Miss Midnight? Are you familiar at all with the agency's regulation regarding reassignment? The reassigned agent must check in with the head of that particular division. And the head of that particular division just happens to be me. The two of you guys are through with this agency. I'm gonna show that Agent Noble just who runs the show down here. We'll take over from here.
7: Get up! Have a real nice day. What a first day. You said it. That Dixon's a real son of a bitch. What's his story?
4: We've had to put up with his crap ever since he took over this division.
10: This used to be Agent Noble's beat. The bus today was a part of Noble's unfinished business. Dixon hates us because we really never recognized him as the vision head.
0: He ticks
4: me off.
10: Our loyalty is still
0: with Agent Noble. All right. All right. So so. Agent Noble is essentially, they basically, it's the same character, but they changed the name because of the actress got changed. But that's Donna Hamilton. Donna Donna Hamilton's the one that apparently finally got that promotion because Bruce is basically Chris and they're doing some of the same things. And if you don't pay attention to the names, like someone sitting in my room here in front of my mic, which is me, didn't do, just (laughs) kind of accepted the people that they were the same people from the last couple of episodes and if i took notes would probably be referring to them as such I actually thought Donna Noble was Donna Hamilton like the <laughs> <Donna> entire <Noble. laughs> time. Like, not not that it was the same actress, that it was supposed yeah. to be the same character and they just replaced her. Yeah. And then I also just kind of thought that, you know, Donna Noble was actually Donna Hamilton's name. So I didn't even think anything about it because it's, yeah. you know, it's always it's Donna, Donna Spears or Roberta Vasquez was Nicole. And I knew Nicole's name because it's Nicole, but I had no, I didn't know Nicole's last name for the character. So it was always Miss Roberta Vasquez for me when I was talking about her character or Nicole, you know, like one or the other. And so when Donna Hamilton is now gone and someone who is essentially a Donna Hamilton type shows up that is named noble, my brain automatically goes, yeah, that's, that's just Donna. They just replaced Donna Spears. Cause she didn't want to do this one.
1: I think these are all new people now, you know, they're not, you know, they're all the old team is gone. Maybe they all moved on to other things. So would no, be a secret uh, agent for so long.
0: It's like fucking Archer, right? They're different yeah. characters in a different variation of a theme, but it's all part of the same spoiler alert coma dream.
1: Yeah, there you go. So anyway, we cut to Washington, D.C., and we see uh, this this new uh, lady, Noble. She is showering. Uh, so thank you, movie. Okay, uh, we,
0: we need to talk about her as well yeah um i don't want to say that she is unnaturally gorgeous like she doesn't look like the other actress when like her skin was on screen or when you could see her like basically mostly nude and you would see her flawless skin this actress still looks very much like a real person but it for her whenever she is changing and showering and everything she looks like a real person who very clearly like takes very serious care of themselves and what they eat and how they exercise like it looks like Everything that she has, she got essentially either through birth or hard work on her part for her entire physicality. Like, she doesn't look like something's not natural about her at all. Like, she doesn't have that uncanny valley look to her at all. Yeah. Like, and she is a knockout.
1: <laughs> she is. She is. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong there. <laughs> so while we may
0: have two actresses that don't have the charm or sort of carry the same kind of charisma that we would have gotten from Donna Spears and Roberta Vasquez. What we have are two actresses that look incredible and one so far, the lady who plays Donna Noble, actually seems like she's going to be able to carry the film a little bit, you know, or or another film. Like if she's going to be the main star or like the main person in charge, this would be a good reel to test her out to see because I feel like as as far as the two actresses we've seen so far on screen i buy her the most in this role like i feel like she's doing the best job in this and also she looks amazing <laughs> oh
1: you know, yeah i mean she looks great
0: these uh, women are offensively gorgeous it's like jesus save some attractiveness for other people you took it all
1: well you know what they lack in acting ability they made up for in looks Yeah,
0: that must have been one hell of an acting ability gap that they had to fill because they are so unbelievably gorgeous that I'm just going to talk about it for another fucking hour.
1: That's okay. Let's let's not creep everyone out. Hey, I'm being very
0: careful in my choice of words. You are. To not go too far into the darkness that's in my mind and all the things that I would have liked to have done to them when I saw them <laughs> in this film. Because it went there. My brain was like all sorts of crazy in both their scenes, and I've tailored it back quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Well, true. So, anyway, uh, the crew then decides they're going to check in with Noble. Um,. Uh, They are checking in. Noble says there will be a hearing uh, and that she will attend it and see what she can do for them. Uh, Then we cut to a strip club and we see what we're probably going to be called the bad guy. Uh, And his name is Santiago. Is it
0: just me or were the strip routines that these ladies working on probably the worst strip routine you've seen in a while?
1: Yeah, it was uh not very uh what would be the word inspired.
0: <laughs> I mean they're like they're like they turn around and present their asses like two mandrels, shake them just a little bit. Yeah. And then like bend down slowly and shake their asses just a little bit more, and they're being choreographed by another person that's showing them how to do this and this entire routine. I'm like, wait, have these folks never done any kind of erotic dancing before? Because nothing is erotic about anything that they're doing.
1: I, yeah, no, I don't think they have.
0: I honestly so. like I'm gonna pick pay very serious attention to the stuff that you're about to say that happens whenever they're having the discussion in the club while these ladies are dancing in the background. Cause I was so distracted by how
1: badly they were doing this dance. You weren't paying attention. I had no fucking clue what those guys said. Okay. So here's what happens. So Dixon shows up and the bad guy, Santiago tells Dixon that, um, 20 million in product was lost. Dixon said, you know, sorry, what do you want me to do? And he goes, maybe next time, you know, uh, they, that the team went behind his back to do this. And that uh, he uh, does um, have, uh, he says, you know, they kind of have a back and forth. And Dixon's like, hey, listen, don't forget what I've done for you. Uh, you know, it's his uh, apparently information on Santiago's competitors that make Santiago the, the, the kingpin. If you will, uh, as he's put the rest of his people out of business. So, and then they kind of talk <laughs> about protection and everything.
0: I totally, and- totally did not get that Dixon right there that shows up at the club the first time was yeah. the same guy who was chewing them out at the scene of the drug bust that happened. Oh, because God. that's how distracted I was by that dancing, Matt. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, this movie just jumped up a notch in my estimation as far as like it making more sense now.
1: The story, yeah. So, um, they kind of threaten each other a little bit, but, uh, fuck it, whatever. And then Dixon, to kind of make up for things, gives him a radio. They can listen in on the entire team. So any move they make when they radio it in, he'll know. Uh, then the bad guy decides that's great. And he goes to the back. And then the two dancers who weren't really doing anything, he has a three-way with them.
6: Uh,
0: they were showering, right? And then he goes into the shower yeah. with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was uh, probably the second most awkward shower scene I've ever seen in my life.
1: What's the first? Weird science? Weird <laughs> science. <laughs> what's the word what's the first and why is it weird science
0: <laughs> i mean weird science has got to be the most awkward shower scene i've ever seen yeah but yeah hands down i can't think of one that's more awkward probably than that but like this shower sex sequence is even more awkward and uncomfortable than the warty cox sex that we saw in, <laughs> in erotic nights of the living dead or whatever the fuck it was that joe oh, yeah like zombie porn film thing that we watched uh but he gets in there and like you can tell, like he's wanting to stare at the actresses like why why wouldn't you and then like you can tell he's getting some commands where he's like okay now soap them up okay not so much on the boob okay not on the boobs stop uh, stop stop it stop
1: come on it's enough yeah and then
0: like the actresses are like soaping them up and there's a couple of sequences where like he's soaping up near their nether regions and you can tell the actors getting a little too risky with the bar of soap. Yeah. Because there's some hard cuts when he gets too close. Like,
1: uh, uh.
0: <laughs> I just feel like this entire sequence was just this guy being constantly yelled at by the director and then the actresses are like trying to humor him and it just feels so uncomfortable and you can just tell that they're not really as happy about this as what he is and it's just really hard to watch when that kind of thought keeps creeping into my head.
1: Wow, yeah, duh. I mean, so, (laughs) anyway.
0: I'm glad this was over with quickly than me discussing it with you. I just, it it bears to talk about, right? Because this was that bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really did. It gave you the creeps (laughs) and um, so then, Noble's team, she is informed, they will be suspended for you know not following orders um noble informs the team and she suggests and then she suggests for them to all get out of there and the, the guys are like hey we should just go camping which is apparently something they did when they were a kid um later on that night the team uh, goes out for dinner and the two guys tell uh the, the um young lady about the gold they used to look for uh, as kids. So apparently it's this old legendary gold. And then um Becky and Chris go. They have a dance. And then they end back at their house or whatever. And they bone. So good for them. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Everyone's boning. Alright. I mean, that at one, least someone's that one getting guy. laid, right? Yeah, yeah. That one guy's just like, fine, I guess i just gonna hang out here and not do nothing. I'll, I'll stay at the restaurant, guys. Jerks.
0: It kind <laughs> of feels like they got rid of Bruce because Bruce and Nicole are gonna supposed to be going off together from the end of Fit to Kill. And it feels like when they brought the same actor back and they're calling him Chris now, it feels like they want the same kind of dynamic that they had with Nicole and they're trying to set that up here with this actress and this actor, that they're gonna be Like, when they work together, they work both above and below the blankets, if you catch my drift.
1: Yeah. Like, in and out of the bed, they're
0: a compatible team that know how to get each other out and off.
1: So, anyway, um, after all this, uh, we cut to our uh, raven-haired badass driving up.
0: Best entrance Julie Strain has had yet of the two films. Like, I loved her little yoga thing that she was doing to prepare for her kill. In Fit to Kill, that was amazing, and obviously she looked incredible. But she's dressed in leather, head to toe, driving this, like huge fucking boat of a car. Was that like a Cadillac or something, I think?
1: Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a convertible fucking black Cadillac, and it's not like this super fancy, like tricked out brand new Cadillac. Like, it's got some dings and some nastiness to it, and it's a little rough around the edges, but it's clearly a beast of a car still, and the way she's driving it and the way they got her going up and down the highway, it just looks awesome, and it's just such a great intro for a badass character like this.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's a cool little intro. We cut to the strip club and there's another bad guy who says they uh they want their money uh that Santiago owes him. And he says that he's working on getting that money back for him. Then the two dudes who were arrested, they came back as Dixon was able to get them out of jail. They want to kill the agents, but Santiago tells him that he called in a pro. That when we see the Raven lady, Jewel, her name's Jewel, she walks in and a sexist dude wants to clear off a spot on his face for her to sit, and so she beats the fuck out of him. I mean, and she then, kicks
0: him in the balls once and then yeah, says
1: And then headbutts him, I think.
0: Yeah, and then well she she kicks him in the balls and then when he's like in pain, she says something about why is your nose bigger than your dick and then headbutts him and lays him out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, something about yeah, yeah, about a, a tiny little dick or something like no, that. No, she does. Yeah. She
0: says, "Then why yeah. is your nose bigger than your dick?" Uh, yes, that's right. But then, when she walks past all the other guys, did you see how she towers over just about every man except for like maybe one or two of them?
1: Yeah, yeah, she's so tall. Well, you said what? She's six one. Six one and
0: worth the climb in her own words. Yeah. That's right. Uh- <laughs> I just, I love this whole entire intro, like her driving and then her coming in and kicking that dude's ass like it ain't no thing was just awesome. I was so stoked for that. And this is part... One of the things that are making me start to really enjoy this. I mean, obviously the nudity is like a big factor of like what I'm looking for and enjoying in the film. But this entrance sequence for Julie Strain as like, you know, your ultimate badass person was perfect and really got me going. You know, like I yeah. was really enjoying this and I fell in love with her after that headbutt. Nice. <laughs> I was like, I love this character. I don't care about anything else. I love this character. I'm good.
1: <laughs> so then she meets with Santiago and um, as they're d- discussing the agents, Dixon also shows up and we see really no one likes Dixon. Um, everyone, everyone's kind of bantering back and forth. Um, so, uh, and it ends with all of them threatening one another. So not, not a very good business relationship for these people to have.
0: Yeah. Julie strain and, uh, this new guy that's supposed to be like the cane replacement drug Lord guy who has such a heavy accent. I had to turn on the subtitles to be able to understand him half the time. <laughs> like, particularly in this scene when Dixon and, like, her and all and they're all having that conversation in the back room, like, I totally didn't understand a fucking word being said in that. Because the audio's kind of an issue with this movie as well. I don't know if it's the yeah. specific print or just the way that they uh, recorded it. Wasn't it wasn't
1: so bad for me. I actually got all of it, so...
0: Well, I def- maybe it was just me being distracted by Julie Strained always being on screen with him there, but... I could not understand the guy and I'm usually pretty good at being able to pick out like brogues accents and various other things and still be able to glom the words that the person is saying behind even a really heavy accent but there's just I don't know maybe this guy just offended me that I just got angry every time he was on screen or something but I literally had to put the subtitles on him for him a few times but this whole thing that they're trying to do where they're like arguing back and forth Julie Strain is like all about her man and then when Dixon pulls a gun on him did you notice in the background you could see in the mirror behind that guy dixon you could see julie strain getting the gun being shown by somebody like how to point it and like hold it like off camera and then like oh, she's, yeah she's just standing there holding the gun like and you can see it in the mirror behind dixon she's just standing there in the like background you can see her kind of holding the gun and ready to go and then like then she comes into frame holding the gun as if she's just now reacting to it but like if you look in the mirror while that dixon guy's talking you can see her interacting with somebody and getting prepped
1: oh jeez I, I didn't see that at all <laughs>
0: i had to bring that up when i noticed it it's just you gotta you gotta talk about stuff like that when you yeah. see it
1: <laughs> That fucking hilarious then we see the crew uh the good guy crew is getting ready to go camping and becky decides to bring arrows in case they you know Run into bears as she puts it. Um then we cut to uh Chris calls Noble, uh and the bad guys are listening in and pretty much find out well you know what their plans are. So then the bad guys form a plan uh that they will prepare uh to uh, murder the agents. Um the good guys are enjoying the woods and uh that's when she like she needs to go to the bathroom and like, yeah, you just pick a bush and then like Watch out for bears. So then they gave her shit there.
0: Okay, so I missed the first reference there that you were just talking about, where she grabs the bow, and then they're teasing her, saying "Watch out for bears" for her to go to the bathroom. Uh huh. That's exactly right. That might have been funnier had I caught the reference for the bow and arrow. It
1: was not. It came. It it missed the mark because it came across as more mean and just dudes being like really fucking not cool. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, douchey. Just generally douchey to her.
1: Really fucking gross. Kind of male behavior. And, All, right. Um, All right. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as she goes to find the bathroom, she actually finds a skeleton. And buried with this skeleton is the, uh, a um, diary and a map to what they figure is this gold they kept hearing about.
0: Hey, quick question for you. Yeah. A heavily trained federal agent, whenever they uncover a clearly long dead skeleton, they should always freak out and scream for help, right?
1: No. Uh, you would think they'd be like, oh, okay, well, um, let's start a crime scene here and let's see what's happening because I don't know how old these bones are because there's no way to actually be able to tell. So you would believe that they would uh, have a good enough mind that, uh, you know, they'd be like, all right, well, let's, um try to go ahead and see what we can do
0: their training should kick in and then they should call for backup from their you know the people that she's camping with they're like she also check
1: it out right right yeah you would think but that's not that doesn't that didn't happen
0: <laughs> is it because the agent in question is female that this happened
1: no it's because they're just bad agents <laughs>
0: so All you, of them. you feel like any of the men that found the body
1: would have screamed like little girls too I believe and so. Or curled so up scared in shock. Piss, yeah, they would have pissed themselves or something like that.
0: I, I could see Sedaris doing that for like the humor of it, and I'm kind of a little sad that he didn't do that because that would have been right? awesome. But like, I honestly feel like they did this in the script because sexism. Yeah, exactly
1: sexism all of it
0: (laughs) i mean it's an andy sedaris film it kind of goes hand in hand and i don't know why i keep trying to find not sexism in this
1: yeah i I don't know you you really want them to be at least one thing you can say about the andy sedaris films is this the women are usually shown as being the more competent than the men their men cohorts
0: It's true, but then they're also treated like second-class citizens for a lot of the scripting and the way that they react to things, so whatever.
1: Yeah, well. It's a double-edged sword. It's a total double-edged sword.
0: It's a total double-edged sword with this
9: film.
1: Total, yeah. Come on! So anyway, (laughs) then Santiago and Jewel discuss that they need a boat to get down the river, So and then it cuts back. A lot of cuts in these scenes. Uh, Chris then calls Noble and tells her about the gold, and we see that the bad guys are listening. So then, Santiago and Jewel decide they're gonna take a park ranger's boat. Um, so, uh, Jewel just shows up wearing a bikini, and, uh, okay. And as she's flirting with one of the rangers, she decides, fuck this, and starts, and then just kills him, and blows the other one up.
0: All right. Uh, so first of all, yeah. Julie strain in a leopard print bikini. That is also sort of like a G string in the back. That is not whatever that is. Thank you. Fucking movie.
1: That is a thank You movie. We're just going to get something better soon, but I'm, I'm really oh yeah. On that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, yeah,
0: g- yeah. but for what I have right now compared to how Julie strain was dressed previously, this is still an upgrade. Although I'm really into all the leather that she was wearing. Don't get me wrong. Um, uh, well, I'm, I'm into the boots,
1: man. Uh, with the bikini
0: that's right, right. We, we, we do yeah. get that as well and that's yeah. that's coming up but uh, so this outfit is basically like her trying to pretend like she's on vacation and using her feminine wiles yes. and then when she can't get what she wants out of the park ranger when she basically is just trying to get info well, about the boat and then get the boat yeah. then she just fucking murders him
1: yeah well after she gets the important info she's looking for then yeah she straight up murders him yeah it's like a so. replay
0: of the stuff with her and the helicopter guy she gets all flirty yeah. flirty with him then when she gets what she wants she just fucking flat out murders him
1: yeah well I mean, you know, sometimes that shit happens. The crew uh, finds a cabin where they're going to plan to stay in. And the uh, bad guys in the chopper find them and they radio Santiago. The chopper dudes are told that they are to land, make their way to the house, and just watch them overnight. And then once Jewel and Santiago get there, they will kill them all. So then the bad guys land, the chopper, and they make their way to the cabin. Then we cut to that night and the crew reads the diary they found. And that is our next clip. February
4: 20th. 1865. It has been two days since we raided the Yankee train, with the shipment of gold bullion. The brave army of Confederacy needs so desperately. Sergeant Hanson took a mini ball in his stomach during the raid. He is slowing us down. He is hurt real bad. I don't think that he can make it much longer. We took off all of the bullion our horses could carry. Now the horses are plumb give out, and getting lame. It has been two days since the horses or us have had any food. We have camped in a cottonwood thicket about a day's ride north of the Red River. We have seen signs of Indians at every turn. We do not know what tribes or whether or not they are hostile. We may have to bury the gold and make a run for
1: it. All right. So then... uh We see the guy, uh, and this is back in the past during the Civil War, the guy gets killed by uh, some Native Americans, so that's good, because he earned that one. Um, (laughs) By the way, I have no idea how the agents are reading about his own murder, but whatever but anyway that shit happened so good riddance to another confederate we didn't need them anyway so then the two bad guys sitting there watching the house they decide in an idiot fashion not to listen to santiago and decide to kill the agents themselves to show up jewel and let santiago know that they're more important than her
0: they got that idea from that god-awful fucking mullet sticking off of that guy that was having an achy breaky heart or something
1: right exactly then we cut to a better part, Jewel dancing topless with a sword around a fire.
0: Not just topless. You go ahead. Thigh-high fuck-me-leather style boots that are almost like uh, like pirate-style boots that I have no idea how they're staying up other than they're fucking hot as shit. She is wearing a bondage-type outfit that straps around the outsides of her breasts and doesn't really act as a support, but more or less constricts her ribcage around them to make them stick out even further is what it looks like its purpose is. Each of the individual pieces that strap away from her breasts actually strap to the back of this outfit and all of it just straps in the back. Like there's just like five or six different cross section straps that all have buckles and all of these various really intricate, very bondagey looking, oh my fucking God, hot bra thing she has on. And she's doing the sword maneuvers in front of a fire. You kind of see the boots in one of them. And then when they pan out, she's wearing a matching like leather kind of G-string thong kind of thing that also is kind of buckly and has like this weird sort of like bondagey feel to it with the buckles and the leather and all of that then you see the full reveal of the thigh high fuck me boots she's doing this really sensual like samurai sword style posing and she's holding this very arabian looking like almost sultan kind of sword that you would have seen in like aladdin or some shit
1: yeah yeah and you never see it again by the way not to you know ruin this for anybody spoiler you never see that sword again I, was I think there's a special reason up. for that oh okay
0: because at the I'm just gonna go through the whole ritual here real quick right yeah so they're doing she's doing this like dance ritual thing and then they show that the her employer has been watching her this entire time and getting turned on by it and then he starts participating in the dance and that morphs into like this ritualistic sex in front of the fire well, with yeah, the sword
1: it's, it's definitely already been alluded to that they've had somewhat of a romantic relationship
0: right and then The sex that they have involves that sword, so I think that sword is very specific to their sex rituals that they have. I think they were performing some kind of sex ritual magic routine for themselves like to go into battle the following day.
1: Maybe. That could be. She seems like the type who would need that, you know. Or or at least that would be
0: the way that she would prefer to get off, right? Is to have, like, this yeah. warrior ritualistic sex it's, magic it's,
1: battle thing, it, right? It's got to be as violent as possible. Everything. Oh, and then we cut to Becky showering. It's the next day. Becky takes a shower, and she has to do it outside. Uh, but still, cool. Um, anyway... <laughs> So then the bad guys jump him. One takes the four-wheeler, and the uh, two guys chase after him on their dirt bikes. While riding around being chased, we get kind of a longer chase scene here. The bad guy runs into a branch, like a forked branch, killing him. This so was That was actually kind of cool. Yeah, that was super padding. Yeah, it was padding. super padding, but the death was cool. Up until
0: they actually do the death, and then there's an actual purpose behind it, but the rest of it was definitely super padding.
1: Uh, Super padding.
0: Yeah. I want to I jump back to, there's the, I w- I've been talking about this lady who plays Becky, this particular actress, and how she is like almost flawless to the point where it feels unnatural and not quite right. There's yeah. a sex scene between her and Chris, I believe, that we were talking about earlier during the camping. Yep. And in that sequence, I do believe they do this really close-up shot where they track down around her stomach and then to her hip. Yeah. And there's two different scars somewhere around her hip That I noticed that are just like, you know, normal everyday kind of scars. Yeah, And that's the first time that she registers a real person to me. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, look, you clearly are a human being. She, this this is not, not a construct. F-
1: she's not a fembot. She's a real person.
0: <laughs> I mean, clearly that scar means that she's a real human being because, you know, now I see that she's flawed in at least some way. Something happened to her that she is no longer perfect.
1: Haha. Ha, the fembot advances now, fool's court. They could take over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I prefer my fembots with scars, if you know what I'm saying. And I think Jeez, you do.
1: i do and unfortunately i do <laughs> yes unfortunately i know exactly what you fucking mean uh anyway somebody watched hellraiser at way too young of an age <laughs> they are checking out the body the boys actually find the dagger that they were looking for uh in a tree and then uh as they look over the body they recognize that he's the guy from the bust earlier and then they know he had a partner so they head back well the partner then tries to kill becky but she has her bow and her uh, crossbow with explosives, and she blows him the fuck up. This was
0: actually kind of interesting, the back and forth in the sequence that they're doing here. Although... Andy sedaris and now his son clearly their filmmaking style is hey everybody let's go on a vacation out to a remote cabin in the country and film a movie based around that you yeah know, they rented they rented motorcycles and four-wheelers so that they could you know do the chases but they clearly are running that through the trail for fun and we got to see that as a film and then they framed it as if it was a chase
1: yeah it's like they went on vacation and just took their cameras well that's literally what every
0: Andy Sedaris film essentially is like they go to Maui or they go to Hawaii, or they go to all of these different places, and it was a way for him to expense account traveling for vacations.
1: I mean, it's smart. (laughs) I'm not saying that this business model
0: is not something that I hope to one day be able to achieve.
1: Yeah. This
0: is fucking I mean, genius.
1: Like you, you I think you, anybody would.
0: Yeah, you, you, you get to like globe trot under the guise of making a film in these locations. It's genius. And the more I watch these films, the more I appreciate what Andy Sedaris and his wife created to be able to do these wonderful vacations where they went and just filmed beautiful people in disrobe for
1: you know whatever
0: reason for our own pleasure and probably some of theirs if you catch what I drift.
1: Hmm. Probably. I'm sure that uh, that's an interesting relationship they had. <laughs>
0: I mean, it would have to be to have all of these gorgeous people around you all the time that both of you are kind of into, you know, depending upon what they're into. But there's beautiful men and women in all of these movies to look at all the time.
1: Right. All right. Uh, so Santiago and Jewel, they hear the explosion. And so he knows that the two guys attacked and now he's pissed. Uh, the, and then the boys get back to the camp and they check to make sure Becky's okay, which she is. And she cracks another bear joke. They say, what was that? And she goes, a bear. Um,
0: but then The only funny cut- part of all this bear routine was that.
1: Yes. Then we cut to uh, Noble crashes Dixon's office. And that is our next clip.
7: Wait a minute, Miss. You
2: can't go in there. Miss! What the hell are you doing here?
7: I'm here to find out why you're busting the chops of your fellow agents.
2: I don't know what you're talking about.
7: You don't, huh? Well, what about having my three agents suspended for doing their job?
2: Those agents had it coming. They have a real problem with authority, and it seems you do as well. This is Agent Noble. Ava, this is Chris. A
4: couple of thugs from the drug bus just tried to kill us. What? You heard me. I think we've also stumbled upon the lost gold.
2: What gold? Shh.
4: You better get out here. Where are you? Well, we're about 15 miles into Turner's Woods, just north of where the Red River forks.
7: I'm on my way.
2: Agent Noble, what's going on?
7: My team may be in trouble. They need me, but don't worry. I'll be back to deal with you later.
0: All right. So Ava Noble slash Donna Hamilton, same fucking character, different actress and name, really kicking ass and taking names there at the end of that.
1: Yes. She's ready to she's going to fuck Dixon up.
0: Yeah. So her and Veronica Carlson are healing my heart for blonde.
1: <laughs> so Santiago and now Jewel arrive and the crew is heading out of the cabin because they're pretty sure they're being tracked. Um, Noble is on a boat. She's getting ready to leave. And Dixon shows up and says demands to go with her as he does run this region. Um, then we see bad guys stalking the team. Uh, the crew finds a spot uh, where they uh, know where to dig and they start digging. A lot of padding here so then the guys find the gold but then gunshots ring out and the bad guys get the drop on them and this is our final clip
8: my 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 it's a regular party out here
7: Uh. i wouldn't do
8: that if i were you trust me boys don't test your patience and the other one some people just can't listen oh well this is something else you three will have to pay for who the hell are you? I'm the owner of the watermelon stand, you three busted up. Oh, you have caused me a lot of problems. Now you must pay with your lives. Mmm, look at all the pretty gold. <laughs> Some days, it doesn't pay to get up in the mornings. Luckily for me, this is not one of those days. What the hell can I tell you is that?
4: It's the
7: latest in silent assault weapons technology. These arrows explode within three seconds of contact. Oh, I've taken some off a few dead agents lately.
4: You kill federal agents often, do you?
3: Eh, it's a living.
8: You get off on it or something? Enough of the small talk. We'll let the three of them carry the gold back to the boat. After that, you can take care of the business.
5: With pleasure
8: if you will be so kind as to carry the gold.
5: Move!
7: You! Get the shovels. We're gonna need them.
0: God damn it. Just when I thought Julie String couldn't get any sexier, she's there with a fucking Kalashnikov with like a collapsible stock that's folded off the side of it. She's holding it one-handed like it's a goddamn handgun and I'm pointing at it people like, it is a goddamn handgun and this is something she does all the time. She picks up the crossbow, knows everything about it, basically states that killing federal agents is like something that gets her off and I'm already done. Like, I can't handle any more sexiness and then she cracks that fucking julie strain smile and i can barely even contain myself like i'm just fanboy freaking out in that whole sequence i have made no qualms about demonstrating my pure fanboy obsession with julie strain and i feel the performance she gave there in that scene where she's basically the one in charge even though she's working for the other guy proves the point as to why i was saying everyone should be in love with julie strain
1: So, then we cut to uh, Noble and uh, Dixon in the boat. Um, Then the bad guys try to decide what they're going to do with the bodies. And then uh, Becky and Jewel get into a fight in which Becky actually beats Jewel. But, unfortunately, nobody has any guns except for Santiago, so she still gets held up. Then Noble and Dixon show up and Noble wants them all to drop their weapons, but of course, Dixon turns on her, and they are holding them all. After some back and forth between the bad guys, because none of them are on the same page, um, the good guys start turning them all against each other to the point where Jewel just kills Dixon in cold blood. Then, as there's mass confusion, the crew gets their guns, and there's a chase. Um, like, they're running through the woods. Santiago grabs the gold, and they get into the chopper, but he drops it. And, uh, Uh, Jewel says forget about it we just have to go we have to get out of here so they take off as they're in the chopper noble uh, actually gets the uh, crossbow and fires an arrow onto the chopper blowing it up. Uh, then we cut to Noble and then the the other uh agent guy who isn't Chris. Uh, they are <laughs> talking and uh, after a shower they bone. Uh, so good for that. Uh, then the group ends it with a uh, of course the way you always do. They met in the hot tub. Uh, they said the gold will go to a uh, to a Civil War museum and the new person in charge of the group is Noble herself. Roll credits. <laughs>
0: So just to back up just a little bit here, uh, that sex scene between the actress playing Ava and the actor, we can't remember the character name at all. Yeah. Holy shit. That was really steamy and like... I was not expecting that because we had all the action. It felt like we were wrapping up the movie and then all of a sudden we have like a, what, a three and a half minute, like sex sequence montage where they're doing all this stuff and like basically just presenting her body to us one last time. And they're having yeah. this like passionate lovemaking and it's at least a three minute
1: sequence. I mean, it was a hell of a way to end.
0: Right. And then they go from that to them all in a hot tub. And I'm like, did they just have an orgy? Like, is that how they celebrate in the gold? Or, oh no, this is just the debriefing thing. They brought that back.
1: Yeah. It's just the debrief. I mean, they're always going to have the debrief.
0: Right. Okay. So this movie's 90 minutes, give or take.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's about an hour and a half. I
0: was feeling apprehensive and kind of a little bit worried about what was going to happen. I would say about the first 15 to 20 minutes of the film. So, like, let's, let's spread, we'll split it up into half hour thirds, right? The first half hour, I was very nervous and kind of a little uneasy. And then Julie Strain's character popped up and I was like, okay, well, as long as Julie Strain's playing a badass, I'm probably going to be able to make it through. But, you know, I'm like like we were talking earlier in the film, I was really apprehensive about the new characters, the new actresses that were on. And I'm just really feeling the void that is left behind without Donna Spears or Roberta Vasquez or. Even the lady who plays Edie to just kind of give us something, because, I mean, as much as I may not have liked a lot of the jokes they used with Edie, at least there was some comedic relief whenever Edie was on screen, because she'd be doing something silly, and I'm just so in love with her on screen that I'm just forgiving everything. You
1: know? Yeah, and I, I, I'm going to be 100% honest, too. I didn't think I'd ever say it. I missed having an Abilene to yell at and hate. <laughs> <laughs> right because really you,
0: you got nothing to focus on and the two guys are like trying to be like you know good agents and everything and
1: yeah not, not just they, an Abilene who had everything handed to him <laughs> right and
0: they're melting into the background you know what I mean a little yeah. bit like and this Chris version of the Bruce type character that they're they brought out is a little cocky and a little annoying and his sidekick is a little bit of an Abilene because he's kind of a shit shot and he carries the same gun but yeah. it just it doesn't have the same kind of feeling so it's a little bit of an adjustment period I feel like if you were to just watch these in any particular order and you saw enemy gold, I feel like you would enjoy it a lot more than what bat and I had gotten, but by yeah, I
1: think so. But we, 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 we lost something in the series of movies with all the other people kind of gone
0: once they're in the woods and the camping stuff begins and they're on the journey and we get past all the stuff with the bureaucracy and that horrible drug bust. Once the movie gets going proper with its plot line of them being in the woods, looking for the gold and then being... Being pursued by all the people that are trying to kill him. The movie really picks up, and I really kind of forgot all of my worries from the first half of the film and really just started enjoying it. And by the time the third act rolls around, and while I may have an issue with how they, you know, were able to just easily fight their way out of being held at gunpoint by badasses who could kill without any qualms, I realize that this is an Andy Sedaris film and I got to let it go and the bad guys always have to lose.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the bad guys aren't winning in this. Oh, uh, the, best they do, the best they do is maybe get away. But any these bad guys didn't even get away.
0: No, they, at least they died quickly in a horrible explosion of a tiny car. No Kane.
1: It. And also, no Kane. Let's remember that, too. There's no Kane. Even though Kane survived the last movie as well, still he's gone.
0: Right. So there's a lot of stuff that it feels like there's loose ends that have left untied, but this is not technically a sequel to any of the other movies. It just takes place in the same kind of universe. So you kind of have to etch a sketch all of that stuff out and just get rid of that disappointment when you're watching. If you're not able to do that, which clearly it sounds like you weren't, Matt, it's going yeah, it's, it's to hamper I, your I, enjoyment
6: it's not that i
1: didn't enjoy it it just yeah i just felt you felt the loss i felt the loss <laughs>
0: <laughs>
6: see it i got i got over that.
0: yeah i got over all of that within like probably like the 45 minute mark like right at the halfway point i was definitely down with everything that was happening and by the back half of the film i was having a total blast i was really enjoying it You know, in even that overlong bike chase was still kind of fun and charming and had some moments that were cool. And then they ended it with the guy like forking himself on a tree. That just so happened to be the tree that they were looking for. So by random stupid happenstance, they move the plot along further with that, which one of the guy's comments on it was like, what's the odds of that happening? That's like got to be the dumbest thing that's ever happened or something like that. Like they knowingly look at the camera basically and are like, yes, we know this is stupid, but come on, we're having fun.
1: Break the fourth wall and just go, yeah, we done did this. Right. There's a
0: couple of moments in these kind of movies where Tedaris and crew will just look at you and be like, yes, we know it's dumb, but come on, we're having fun. Like you can tell they're doing that.
1: We're not doing this for serious acting roles, all right we're doing this to have a, a good time and have an excuse to go on a vacation and write it off for our taxes
0: right every complaint that I've had about any of these films other than like the blatant like sexism or some of the homophobia that we've dealt with, which is more of the time than anything, every like argument about me being like, well this isn't obviously not well made of a film well fucking duh it's just an excuse for them to go on vacation and have a good time and you are supposed to just watch it and have a good time and that's it.
1: yeah, exactly that's yeah. that's supposed to be it.
0: That's pretty much it is like I can only talk about how much I enjoyed this versus some of the other ones and then how much I enjoyed this once it won me over. And I'm looking forward to both of the actresses. I hope both of their characters come back and I hope both of those actresses come back because I know Julie Strain's going to be in every single one of these from here on out. Yeah, and, and I'm totally stoked and happy about that.
1: But You're all on board for it.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, I, I literally watch just about anything Julie Strains in. I'll freely admit that. <laughs> uh, I've watched many things on Showtime that are absolutely terrible just because she's in it. <laughs> but like this film I thought she was really well used I really liked her character and they're really starting to you know see what they can do with her as an actress and I'm just looking forward to what we're going to get next with Dallas Connection and then the last two movies Day of the Warrior and Return to Savage Beach so I mean we got three total movies left Three two weeks
1: left in the world of Sidaris
0: <laughs> then we're gonna move on to some really crazy stuff
1: oh god what's next
0: well what's next is the corrupted youth promo then we're gonna have a little bit of music that is some more of that weird synthwave stuff i've been getting my hands on and when we come back we're gonna do some psyop news
9: taste colors beyond any known spectrum as phonic euphoria cascades into your consciousness Observe the laws of physics no longer applying to an existence that confines. Space and time will unravel and reform to a screaming new dawn, bursting with infinite possibility. It's as easy as listening to the Corrupted Youth Podcast, where the father-son duo of Dan and Brennan explore the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. Corrupted Youth Podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Take a break from reality, unlock your infinite cosmic potential, and become a dongle.
0: too fucking long i didn't even mean to do that i just kind of got lost in all of that
1: just got lost in the time
0: yeah that spacey synth wave had me spacing out i really do think i'm starting to flashback way too much man i'm gonna have to up my thorazine intake
1: that's I, uh, okay okay <laughs> You take care of yourself over there, all right? You just do whatever you have to do.
0: What I probably should have done is stopped jumping into bathtubs filled with uh, lysergic acid ditholamine.
1: I don't even know what that is. LSD. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. That's bad for you. Well, I would already done it in my youth. It's too late now. It's never too late. You can change.
0: (laughs) I've (laughs) not done that since. I'm just saying I'm (laughs) peaking.
1: Why don't we peek in some news? Oh, you want to do the intro? Go ahead. You bring your own fucking PSYOP news. Uh, okay. Uh, hey, everyone. Here's the PSYOP news. Um, <laughs> no, you go ahead. You do it. You're better at it than me. At everything, yes. No, nah, that's okay. Let's just stop. <laughs> yeah, why don't we stop and you can give me some PSYOP news?
0: one comes from chris mounts our boy chris we got to talk about chris he's on the men folks he's doing better every day i'm seeing new posts of him recouping he's coming back he's been posting some stuff including taking some time out of his very busy schedule of recuperating to give us our psyop news this week so let's celebrate chris everybody
1: So, uh, from the mirror, hyper-aggressive cannibal rats swim into homes, up toilets to find food in the lockdown.
0: Why can't people just keep their hyper-aggressive cannibal rats in their ass like the rest of us? Don't know.
1: Uh, I mean, Clip. you asked the real questions. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, My gum has a cure for cancer. Okay. Uh, hyper-aggressive cannibal rats are swimming up drains and into toilets to invade homes in the hunt for food during the lockdown. This is like traces right? of death fucked porno. Residents in Stoke-on-Trent claim the hungry and highly fertile rodents are becoming more brazen with a huge rise in indoor sightings over the last few months. Ooh, is that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum? Nope, just a rat. Just a rat. The uh, pest controllers have seen a surge in domestic call-outs to deter and kill the rats as they swim up drains into the toilets to get inside houses. Hotspot areas have included Fenton, Beruslam, and Smallthorn, but they are thriving across the city. I started doing drugs after that. Yeah, I did. Uh, Mike Flynn, the boss of Alpha Pest Control, believes rats have adapted their behavior to survive as they scramble for food while restaurants remain shut down. And other horse sex news. No, rats, Matt, not horses. Rats. Sorry. Of course. Uh, And the critters have even turned into eating each other to stay alive as they forage and breed in gardens, drains, and household voids. He must have an incredibly long penis. (laughs) I don't see what that has to do with anything, Lee. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why he would bring that up. That's weird. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Flynn, who has worked in pest control since 1979, and he's seen a 10% rise in domestic callouts since lockdown, said, There has definitely been a change in behavior with the rats over lockdown. Previous people, would, previous people would throw their takeaway cartons on the road or in car parks, but now people are at home more. The rats are getting more brazen and desperate, so they're heading into people's houses.
6: All kinds of things you don't want on
1: your day. Good point. There's also been a ride in cannibalistic rats. Uh, the man stated he had caught one in a trap the other day, and when we went back to it, it was... Only bare bones were there. Another rat had feasted on it. Uh, They know that they are more opportunistic and braver at the moment, which explains why they're seeing them more in the day. I have a ragey direction. Jesus, man. Why
0: is this turning you
1: on? I don't know, man. Uh, uh, You you know, uh, COVID stories. Uh, Usually they quietly move around at night. Mr. Finn believes stoked on Trent's crumbling housing stock is partly to blame for the current rat infestation. Mr. Flynn said a lot of the homes here date back to the 50s and 60s, so they are only now developing faults. For example, if someone has planted a tree in the garden and the roots have now caused a crack in the pipes. If there is a fault in the structure of your home, then they may as well head into your home. All blowjobs should be teethy. If there's a break in the sewer system, they can get into your drains and rats can also dig two feet a day. A girl gets terrified
0: enough. The only thing that's going to solve that is a cock.
1: Why would you bring that up right now
0: (laughs) because this rat story is horrifying
1: (laughs) if you want a fear
0: boner this rat story is for you
1: (laughs) this wow that's weird um (laughs) uh they will usually come in through the bathroom or the kitchen he says uh they are often seen in toilets a telltale sign if it looks like someone has poured a dirty mop uh uh, water down the loo Uh, They also like to live under decking and eating uh, feed left out for birds. Go jerk off in a petri dish. I had one call where a neighbor uh, had complained about rats and he had taken delivery of half a ton of bird feed. They can live around us quite happily, he states. Uh, rent to kill I don't know if that's even right, has noted an almost 80% increase in visits to its website compared to this time last year. I'm already getting arrested. I might as well grab this guy's dick. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> the company believes the warm winter kept rat populations high, adding to the pressure of animals, which partly explains why they have turned cannibalistic. Pulling it just to pull it. I got nothing for cannibal rats, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of cannibal rats around town, apparently. That's fucking <laughs> Over crazy. In the UK. Yeah, well, yeah.
0: I'm sure that that's happening elsewhere is because the eminent shutdown of a lot of various areas and the food supplies being disrupted from any scavengers that depend on the carelessness of human beings to survive. I can totally see why that's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's, it's- kind of terrifying. <laughs> not unheard of yeah this is uh this is some, some scary stuff right now
0: yeah the world has but, changed and definitely not for the better
1: <laughs> no well yeah i mean that all started uh four years ago
0: that yeah. is so strange though like i cannot imagine um someone had responded to saying that the best way to make sure is to keep the lid down all the time although the right-sized rack could probably squeak its way up out of the, the lid but you could hear it trying to get out so you know it's yeah. in there and you got to like you know tape the fucker down or something <laughs> to keep him yeah, from coming uh, up out
1: right yeah you, you pretty much just got to put stuff on top of your uh, <laughs> um toilet seat uh, or lid toilet seat just make sure it can't get up there if you have thor's hammer i would do that
0: <laughs> but only if you're worthy enough to be able to move it
1: yeah right <laughs> That's like (laughs)
0: Thor's, Thor's dick move in the hotel room is to set his fucking hammer on the toilet lid. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, uh, that's pretty fucking horrifying. Uh, also any of your floor drains, make sure that you have really good floor drain covers that make it impossible for bigger things to come out through the drain that way. Yeah. You know, that, that's always, that's always good
1: that's always uh, a smart thing to do do uh, you know just general upkeep on your home and your plumbing is uh, gonna be a smart thing to do uh, in these times
0: <laughs> yeah and uh you know <laughs> maybe just give up all hope because none of this has any point anyway so
1: no yeah none of this is uh none of this is gonna help us so we're all gonna die I mean, everyone the fucking I mean, Arctic is
0: still on fire. So the what the Arctic is still on fire. So yeah, we're fucked.
1: We are very fucked. <laughs> so I hope everyone just has a great time lately. <laughs> and with
0: that wonderful uh, sentiment, we're going to close out the show. We're going to play the ending Legion promo. We'll have a little bit more music that is straight out of that fucking royalty free fucking synth wave stuff that I'm obsessed <laughs> with. And when we come back. We will close out this nihilistic,
5: hopeless show. mental health obsessive cinema discourse pick six movies the podcast by the cemetery the podcast on haunted hill the psycho semantic podcast rick radio house of wax dude looks like the 80s
0: I feel like I'm about to get into some Double Dragon ass kicking right there.
1: I don't even know what that means, but I'm pumped.
3: Like Let's do in it.
0: the video game Double Dragon when you're about ready to throw down. Oh no, no, that's Double Dragon 2, is what that feels like. That fucking like one of those big boss fights that are about to happen in Double Dragon 2. That's a fucking music that kicks in right before. Fucking right A. <laughs> or in your case, I'm about ready to mash some buttons on Contra.
1: Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs>
0: that's how you win. <laughs> well, if you'd like to learn about all of our mashing of buttons of all sorts, you can check out our main landing and launching page (laughs) legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops i mean if i had to describe our style yeah (laughs) uh style of what is button mashing we don't want the world to necessarily know
1: yeah yeah we don't want them to know but
0: yeah if you would like to make some memes to be conjecture of to what we mean by our style of button mashing if you catch our drift You can Mm -hmm. post those in our Facebook group, Cinema PsyOps. Now, it is a Facebook group, so don't get yourselves fucking zooked.
1: Yeah, don't get zooked up, all right, because, you know. He'll yeah. do that shit. Uh, unless, of course, you're Trump and you're lying, then he'll let you do whatever you want.
0: Unless you're a fucking right-wing job Nazi, then you can stay on there all you want, no matter how much you get reported. But yeah,
1: if, exactly. If you're a leftist-leaning
0: weirdo that likes to post weird fucking memes that involve something having to do with sex, you get in Banhammer like a motherfucker all the time yeah. in that place. All the time. You know who has not hit the Banhammer on yet? Who? Me, court psyops. I've done very well at following all of those community standards and or bending those rules without breaking them. Even though I'm clearly a lefty, liberal, snowflake, weirdo, socialist, communist, fucking prick. Stupid cuck. (laughs) I'm a soy boy, Matt. I'm a soy boy. (laughs) Soy boy. If you'd like to know what a soy boy is, just look up Matt Psyop (laughs) on Facebook.
1: Hey, true. Whatever. <laughs> Hurtful, but true. True. Hurtful, but you're fair. You're being fair. If you'd like to contact Matt
0: to try and talk him out of his soy boy ways, you can find him at psyopmat at gmail.com.
1: Well, that's yeah, that's that's where I'm at, uh, but you're never going to talk me out of it. I'm a soy boy for life.
0: <laughs> if you'd like to email feedback to Court and let him know that none of these jokes are landing well and this has been one hell of an off-weird episode, you can reach him at cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. It's been weird. It's been a weird one tonight. I think with all this COVID shit, we're just fucking, come on. (gasps) You can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate-filled shitfest that is Twitter
0: and knows everything about politics more than you do.
1: Of course, everything, come on.
0: I'm at court underscore psyop and he
1: is at PsyopMatt.
0: We are also available on the gram of Insta, although the kids like to call it the Instagram.
1: The, the Instagram... I thought the kids like to call it the Gram. I honestly don't know what the kids or the, like. Or Insta. I don't know what the kids do anymore. I don't know.
0: But we're available there, whether it's Insta, Gram, Gram of Insta, Instagram, that place where ladies post Grandma photos Weed, and try to you drive have. you to their OnlyFans site. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever it is, that's where we're available at cinema underscore psyops, where I'm posting the highest quality of memes that I have repurposed for our people, being the the soy boy latte sipping cuck that I am.
1: Only the highest quality of memes get posted.
0: And only the highest quality of lattes get sucked down by this soy boy
1: court only steals i'm sorry repurposes the highest quality of memes to share for our people yes because there are memes no no such thing it's just one person's memes (laughs) well folks
0: if you're wondering what the fuck is going on and how the fuck i'm gonna close this episode i'm just as perplexed by it as you so let's all just kick the fuck out of this week and make it our bitch So Google's, uh, APIs clearly, uh, are failing in some way, shape or
1: form. Right? That was fucking weird. Cause you're like, yeah, only four clips. And I'm like, what? That can't be only four. Right. I'm like, I know I had way, I know, I, I know all five because I even checked before I text you all five are loaded and my side had already been deleted. Yeah,
0: I was looking at it and then I refreshed it and then I refreshed it again. Then I closed the Google Drive out altogether on my phone. Then I brought up Google Drive and logged into it through my Safari and it was all the same stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it must be something specific to their interfacing or the APIs when they talk to Apple products, because when I did it on Chrome, like I would do if I did it directly on my computer, absolutely fine. There was no problem there whatsoever. Everything was loaded up like it was supposed to. But there's something with Google Drive and the iPhone API communication that just went funky weird. But I mean, mobile apps are always different than what you get from a desktop browser-based thing anyway.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, it's oh, There's always going to be probably some communication issues.
0: Right, but you would think that the biggest conglomerate fucking controller of all things internet information out there would have better apis to expose their stuff
1: i mean you would think but fuck it
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right are you recording on your side
1: and i am now one two three
0: all right so you're recording i'm recording because i was rolling before i even called you
1: All right.
0: Because that's how I pad out the episodes these days.
1: Fuck it. Whatever we got to do in COVID times.
0: (laughs) I don't think COVID times have anything to do with me looking for extra stuff to have on when people really love the outtakes. I'm like Uh, cognizant of trying to add in little bits of stuff that that people seem to really, really like.
1: It's because they like our banter. They like the cut of our jib.
0: I think it's because they like the cut of my beard.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what that means for listening. They can't hear your beard.
0: I mean, she's guessed it a
1: few times. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't
0: jump on that joke first.
1: I know. I, I am too.
0: Well done. I've been shut in with my best gal for quite a while, although she keeps insisting on going out for more and more functions and basically trying to bring home whatever COVID she possibly can. Like, that's her main goal.
1: Well, you know, sometimes people have to do shit. You know, it's 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 a, it's a hard life to live, but God damn it uh, and God willing, she's going to bring it home to you. And uh, we'll figure all that out later. Wow. Thanks
0: for that. That's going to age really well yeah. when it hits the fucking <laughs> air and then everybody hears it when I actually do catch it. Like, in know. and out of the bed, they're a compatible team that know how to get each other out and off.
1: Well, uh. <laughs> don't know why I just grunted at the end of that. <laughs> Come
0: see the sexiest
1: fucking agents you'll ever see in your life. I don't think you used the word fucking in the, in the previews, though. Well, it's Red Band. Fine. <laughs> uh, oh, the Red Band. Tra- okay, well then, yeah, now I get it. Oh, I gotta
0: go back. The reason she brings the arrows is the guys were trying to tease her because she was complaining about not having a bathroom for the camping and stuff. And no, they no, said, that
1: comes later. Oh, well, then no, the arrows... Later on, because they're like... They see her bringing the arrows, and she's like, you guys are bringing weapons? He goes, yeah, a couple of pistols. She goes, well, we're not those. And she goes, well, maybe we'll see bears or something.
0: Okay, well, she grabs the arrows again later on to respond to their bear joke on top of this. So this is like another bunch of like things that they're doing in this movie where they have like a string of jokes having to do with bears and her needing those arrows because of them.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Lame. Lame Well yeah Uh, Any humor attempted in most of these films Has been uh, lame
9: (laughs) Not
0: all of it But most of it Yeah She gets all flirty, flirty with him. Then when she gets what she wants, she just fucking flat out murders him.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes that shit happens. I mean,
0: that's how brunettes work. Once they get what they want out of you, they just fucking murder you.
1: Uh, I know. By the way, I got a problem. I can't feel my left arm and my wife's been giving me these injections. (laughs) I'm
0: sure it's nothing to worry about.
1: I'm sure. Hey, I did make her sole benefactory of my uh, life insurance and on her instructions I upped it to about $3 million. So That's anyway,
0: weird. S- my health got so much better when I made my nephews the main beneficiary.
1: Really? Yeah. Huh, weird. Maybe I'm going <laughs> to try to name my son main beneficiary, but we'll see how that goes. You better uh, anyway. make it a
0: trust, otherwise I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so good riddance to another confederate we didn't need them anyway right <laughs> no no disagreements okay good we're moving on
0: <laughs> what you expect me to play devil's advocate for Never. a That's racist fucking police state that existed yes. and tried to treasonously separate from the United States to maintain its racism
1: Yeah, cause they're horseshit. shit
0: uh, was- fuck those traitors and the quote unquote tradition and history that came out of those less fuck than it. five years
1: yeah 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 this yeah. fuck
0: podcast has been around longer than your fucking tradition and your Woo-hoo. history so fuck you you fucking traitors
1: yeah fuck you ah, america is great except for the south it's
0: all right <laughs> no no fuck america just in general but especially the south
1: yeah okay but don't say that because you know i'm just trying to do that just to make fun of the south all right
6: oh uh, well, <laughs> right right because <laughs> the north
0: is
1: so much better
6: god damn it it's not but you know they don't
1: need to know that
0: all right <laughs> right move on we're, we're wasting right. time move on
1: right right. No, i feel
0: the performance she gave there in that scene where she's basically the one in charge even though she's working for the other guy proves the point as to why i was saying everyone should be in love with julie strain
1: wow well, i mean no one has to love anyone
0: everyone has to love julie strain it's a rule it's a
1: it's a is that a rule now is that what we're doing No, no,
0: it's just, it's like this, like, kind of unspoken thing. It's this unspoken thing that, like, everybody has to love Julie Strain. Like, there's something clearly wrong with you if you don't.
1: I mean, I don't love her, but, uh, yeah, she seems all right.
0: See, (laughs) like I said, there's something clearly wrong with you if you don't. (laughs) Uh. Perplexed by it is you, so let's all just kick the fuck out of this week and make it our bitch. I had nothing else. <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> and I have. Also, stop recording.